Hey, real quick, before we jump into story time, my softball story, part four of four, I just wanted to pre-warn you, there may be some triggers here, like emotional triggers. Like it's super raw, it's super me sharing my story. Yes, I cry, but I also wanted to share, I wanted to put this out there. If you yourself deal with this, please seek help. Like medical, emotional support. Like if you have a friend who you can talk to, and even if you feel like you can't talk to them, believe me, you can because they're your friend. There's something beautiful in that. It's unspoken, but it's there. And just get the support you need. But you're also gonna hear me talk about leaning into your bad days. So I'm a firm believer in you can't just get motivated. Like you have to create your motivation. I'm also a firm believer in every time I am presented with a dark day, a bad day, an emotional day, that is my opportunity to own, to create my motivation that I, Tally B, need to get back up. That's how you create motivation. At least that's how I believe. So in a sense, it keeps you from getting stuck. Y'all, I used to be the pity party queen. I used to know how to throw them. I could stay stuck for a long time. But I'm starting to understand that's not who God called me to be. So I just want to leave you with that so you can start off 404 of story time. Thanks, guys. You did it. You made it to the first day of November. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, you made it to the first day of November in 2020, but you also made it to part four of story time, my story with softball. So that's huge accomplishment. I literally just want to say thank you for taking and making the time to listen to this. Um, I really hope you took something out of it. This is the, the last one. And this is basically going to take you from the diagnosis, how my life changed to where I'm at right now. And that'll be it, y'all, for this story time. So yay, but happy November. I hope everyone had a wonderful Halloween. I hope everyone, you know, were somewhat responsible, um, communicated with people if they felt awkward. Like, I just hope everybody had a great night and they kept it safe with everything going on. So let's get into this. All right. So I'm at the place in my life where I was just diagnosed with a genetic bleeding anomaly that is very rare. I still, to this day, have never met anyone with both protein S and protein C deficiencies. So it's kind of cool. When I tell people I'm rare, I can really say (laughs) I'm really rare though. Like nobody is made like me. Like we are all snowflakes, all of us are made so different, hence our fingerprints, right? Did you guys know that? Not one person has the same fingerprint. Wow, God is good, right? He knew what was up. He was like, "Mm mm-mm. Y'all gonna be so busy comparing each other, I'm gonna change things up and make y'all different. Boom, see, he saw this coming a long time before stop comparing yourself to others was a social media thing. He already saw it coming. Anywho, so now I'm 40 years old. How did that blood clot diagnosis of the genetic anomaly change my life? Well, the whole, 
want, desire to finish my softball career was completely ripped from underneath me. I was mad. I was angry. There was probably two weeks where I was really mad at God. And I would argue with him, like literally talk to him like as if he was sitting right across from me and say, why didn't you just give me a brain tumor? Something that they could just go in and remove. But no, you gave me a blood clot that caused all these things. And now on top of that, I find out that I have a bleeding disorder, that I'm going to have to take blood thinners the rest of my life to stay alive. Oh, not seeing the bigger picture. When I was 20, I could see as far as my hand in front of my face. The vision on my life, that's exactly what it was. My life. I didn't, I was so selfish. I just didn't care. Like, ugh. But it's okay. I got God, right? And God's got a lot of grace for me. Unending grace, in fact. Because you and I both know, mm, if you knew me back then, this was the biggest wake-up call in my life. So, with that being said, softball career was now officially over. There was no, I'm going to go finish. It was completely over. But little did I know, before my senior year, I was coaching with Little League. I didn't know that that was a seed that God had planted. And yeah, it was like on the side, it was growing. I didn't even know this. And then I started working with athletes one-on-one. -on -one. My first athlete, I was 18 years old. She was 12. She was my first one-on-one -on -one athlete. Guess what? She's my best friend now. She's been my best friend for a long time. She's like my little sister from another mister. My kids call her auntie. Her son calls me auntie, considers like our kids are cousins. Like we're super close. So I just didn't know that that was going to be the start of my coaching career. See, God didn't take softball out of my life. He wanted, he from, like he's always wanted softball to be a part of my life. I was just conforming softball to what was going to work for me or what I wanted to work for me, if that makes sense. So I was still at softball, even though I couldn't competitively play, I was still coaching. I went on throughout the last 20 years since that blood clot. Well, let's, let's go back. Let's say the last 22 and a half years, the first time I started coaching. Throughout that time, I, you know, at 20 was diagnosed with a bleeding abnormality, anomaly, whatever you want to call it, the genetic thing that I've had the whole time, okay? But it was 20 years into life, did it keep its ugly head, right? But I'm glad it did because I would have been dead. I just, it's so crazy when you sit down and you think about it, like I would have been dead. I, I would not know my husband. I would not have my children. They wouldn't be here like the kids that they are like I don't know if I even want to go as far as believing that they would be with somebody else like that's just weird because they're my kids you know what I mean so a lot of things would have never happened I would have never had the opportunity to coach at two high schools and then help coach at one coat at one school uh, to create one-on-one -on -one lessons that has been able to move with me no matter what no matter where I'm at in my life no matter if I'm getting married, no matter if I'm having babies, no matter if I'm digging down and doing career things, no matter what, I've always been able to do one-on-one -on -one lessons. I've also been able to coach travel ball. Heck, when I was 18, I was an assistant coach on a team because a dad needed somebody to help out and his daughter played and he would let me suit up because technically I was still 18. So I could play 18U ball. That was awesome. So softball isn't over. It wasn't over for me. It was just 
a different taste of softball. God literally called me to be a coach. I didn't see that. Like I said, I can only see as far as my hand in front of my face. That's a pretty short lens to look through and it's a pretty selfish one. But now I've been blessed with 22 and a half years and counting of coaching and lives beyond lives that I have been able to be impacted by their life. Like it's like when parents tell me my kid wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I appreciate that, but the truth is your kid would make it no matter what. Like that is me being humble. Don't give me the credit. Your kid took the tools and built their house. Like I brought the wood and brought the tools and they put it together. That's huge. You can't, you can't coach that 100%. You can plant the seed like 50%. It's just like God planted the seed in me to coach. I didn't know what was going on. And then because I didn't want to hear it and I didn't want to listen and I had selfish views, like he put his foot down and said, no, you are coaching. And then you're going to have children and you're getting married and you're going to have this life, this life that's going to set you aside from everybody else. Cause I called you to be different. You are supposed to be different. You are not supposed to, you're just supposed to live in the world. Just live here. It's a temporary place. You're not supposed to be of it. So if you've listened to anything on my podcast, you have definitely gathered that there is a lot of grace to be had. There is a lot of grace to be given. But people that are of the world, they want to get angry. They want to be mad. They want to, they want to say, why not me? Or you took this from me. How dare you? They want you to be angry. They want the anger to feed. That's not God. God doesn't want that for you. And if you find yourself getting angry like myself, I highly recommend that you look at the things that are in your life and you start that attitude of gratitude. Even before attitude of gratitude was a hashtag, that was something that my mom would tell me, quit it. Look at what you have and be grateful. But the athlete in me would always challenge myself, but it's not good enough, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. Oh, it's such a catch 2020 if that's correct. Or two rocks pushing against each other or being stuck in between a rock and a hard place. I love that metaphor. But I would put myself there, right? So where am I now? I'm 40 years old. I turned 40 the first week of our our state shutdown um, with the height of COVID. Um, It wasn't the 40th birthday that I wanted. I, I mean, I was with my family, so that was a part of it. Like I wanted to be with my kids and my husband, but I wanted to invite, I'm, I've never had like a party for myself. Like to me, that's kind of weird, but I was like, you know what? I'm 40. Like I have been through so much and I've made it this far. Like I grew up physically, emotionally, mentally beat by my real father. Um, I've been raped before. Um, let's see, I had the blood clot, like that almost killed me. That totally shifted my life. It's just, I've been through so much adversity and I've, I've grown through adversity with my husband and with my kids. And, and it's just, uh, it's a lot to celebrate. (laughs) So we ended up going to one of our friends who owns a cookie business here and we went and got birthday cookies and we celebrated and that's what we did. 
But the plan was to invite my close friends, the people that I have intentional conversations with, the people that add value to my 40 years of life and have been, and I'm so grateful for them. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. The people that challenge me to be better than I was yesterday, you know who you are. The people that have made me so mad, but when I work through it, I realize your place in my life and you're supposed to be somebody right next to me. Y'all, you know who you are. So maybe one year I'll have that party, (laughs) but it's more of like a celebration and a thank you for them. Thank you for being with me during this awesome thing called life. But my husband and my kids got the front row seat and I'm okay with that. However, don't be surprised if you don't hear about a party sometime. I mean, I am halfway through my 40th year. Hey, just kidding. No, I really am. So that's where I'm at now. I'm still coaching. I'm coaching a 10 travel wall team, um, co-head coaching with a guy I've coached with for the last five and a half years. And that relationship definitely is one of those people that challenges me to be better, um, holds me accountable. The assistant that coaches with us is a head coach of another team. That guy right there and his wife, they're two people that challenge me to be better. Definitely people in my life that make me look through the correct lens, even though sometimes I wanna see life through one way and I can't be that person. I have too many lives in my pathway, too many lives that I am impacting, too many lives that if I don't do the constructive thing, I could hurt them and I, You heard it in all these parts. I know what it's like to be hurt by somebody who is supposed to be adding value to your life and instead they break you down. They rob you of what they promised you. That's, I don't want to be that person. So I think in the last two years I've, you know, came into more as far as being a wife. It's not easy being married to a coach who is also a teacher I'll never forget the moment um, he was going to school. He had just finished. He graduated with his bachelor's and um, we had moved to this town, this city, and he flew into the bedroom and was like, I figured out what I want to retire from. And I'm like, what? And the original plan was he was going to own, you know, a facility, an indoor facility. And well, you got to have money to build that facility. But he had this huge business plan that was part of a senior project and he was going to do it all and he got his bachelor's in business and all that jazz and when we moved here he decided you know what i've been coaching and i want to retire coaching and i'm like dude you cannot retire coaching like it's not a degree it is if you're a teacher <laughs> so he went in and applied for university of phoenix he did the whole master's program for two years and got his secondary master's in secondary education, also has his BA in business, like the dude is educated. I, on the other hand, I never finished my BA. I was literally six credits from finishing my BA. I know you're probably listening to me to this going, what are you doing? Like, how are you ultrasound for 17 years? I grandfathered in. And I know the anatomy and the body, like the back of my hand, like that was something I was super good at. So throughout the years, I've had to take all these tests and certifications and it sucks. Like, I'm like, I'm not a good tester yet. Did you get that? If you're one of my athletes, did you notice how I said yet? I put it out there because that's what I coach and I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to walk that walk and I'm going to talk that talk. I want to add value. I don't want to take anything away from anyone, right? So 
with the career and juggling and everything and, and realizing, you know, I'm moving into like not only another chapter of my life, like I'm midway, I feel like I'm midway through my life, but I'm evolving with my husband and with me coming up and coaching our daughter more, like we, I've coached her since she was four, but now we're in that travel ball train and it's a little different, but I love it. And I'm still doing the one-on-one sessions with my athletes. Some athletes outgrow me and that's awesome because that's what I want them to do. I don't want them to hit a wall and then out of emotions, not want to leave me. No, don't let emotions control your growth. If you have grown to a point where you need to grow more, please. And I love that because I've only had one athlete that I've had to tell them I'm absolutely done working with you in 22 and a half years. And it was how she spoke to her mother. And I just absolutely refused to deal with that. This kid turned out great. So it was just kind of one of those things that worked out weird, but it is what it is. It had to happen. Maybe I was that person that showed her and gave her the wake up call. Like, God, I really kind of do talk to my mom crappy, you know, and it was what it was. So doing that, I've had three children and they're amazing and I've had three cesareans and there was only one and it was the first one that got really scary. I have to be off my blood thinners which is warfarin and it does not cause birth defects but with him there was a possibility that he would come out wrong because I was further in to my pregnancy than I realized and I was on the warfarin so birth defects could have been something that he may have had to deal with or it could have been so bad that I would have had to abort him at the very last possible moment or have to proceed with this child and he be born and die. So that was the hardest pregnancy I ever had to go through. I ate my emotions. I ate like I had five kids in me. I went from 160 to 225 pounds. So another piece of adversity that I've had to walk through in my life, I know what it's like to have a lot of weight to carry and it's emotional weight. I know what it's like to be in that place. But it wasn't until six weeks after I had him, I just remember holding him and I was already down to 198 that I I knew he and my future and just everything that I was gonna come across deserved more. And I really think in that moment, that opened the door for me to be a lifelong learner, you know, to constantly strive to set myself up, to do the non-negotiables, to be the best I can for people. And mind you, I'm gonna have off days, but I've gotten to a place where when I'm off, I will voice it. I will voice it. So that to me is healthy. That's a healthy relationship with yourself as well as with others around you. Like, hey, heads up, I am in a funk and just give me a minute and I'll I'll get myself out of it, but I just wanna let you know. But it's cool because now I'm getting to a place where I don't even allow myself to be in a position until I figured it out and then I'm around people. I kind of protect them. So, <laughs> so yeah, so marriage, I'm evolving into this next phase. Like in January, January 5th is going to be 14 years for us. That's crazy, guys. I remember when my mom and my real dad were married 14 years. I remember my mom and my stepdad were married 14 years. And I remember also having a conversation with my husband, look bruh, I ain't worried about getting past the first three, the first seven, because they call it the seven year itch. I'm worried about getting past 20. That's when my mom and my real dad divorced. They were married that long and a lot of marriages, 20 years in, they just decide to be mad and be angry and stick it out. 
for what though, you know? So that's, that's where my new growth is coming from is how are we going to get through, you know, and we are, we're going to grow together. And that's what I love. And it's not easy. Like I said, being married to a coach, but man, it is awesome because we get to talk. We get to talk it out like coaches do. And I love that. I just, it's something that not a lot of married people get to share. Like, I'm not just a coach's wife. I'm a coach who is a coach's wife, who also has a medical career. Like I'm an ultrasound tech who also is going to real estate school, who also is coaching one of their kids, who also coaches other people's kids, you know? And where does that even start? Well, it starts with God for me. I gotta keep my faith in the forefront at all times because I know what it's like to keep God on the back burner, to put my talent, my love for something ahead of that. God said, no, kid, I have bigger plans from you. You are not just going to play softball. That's not what you're going to do. You have been called to coach these kids. And these kids that you're coaching, there are big things that are going to happen in their life. Big things. These kids are going to go on and play D1, D2 school. These kids are going to know what it's like to have healthy coach relationships. These kids are going to go on and play professional softball. These kids are going to go on and represent USA in the Olympics. That's what God has called me to do, and it is scary, but it's happening. My best friend, the girl that I started with when I was 18 years old, went on and played four years of college ball. Then she came back and started coaching at the high school I graduated from, took that school the furthest they had been since 1983 in the state. Like, I don't even remember what they placed that year. I'd have to ask her, but it was beautiful. Then she went on to take everything I had taught her and other great coaches in her life and she put that into another girl. And that girl went on to play four years of ball, went on to play ball in like, I don't know, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, all these different places. She played softball and now she works for the Royals. Like, what is that? Like that right there is God's big picture. And it's crazy to think if my mom would have waited one more day, I, I think, would, would any of these things happen? I have to believe they would because these people are amazing people and they would have that, you know? Let's talk about my camps. My first camp I ran was in between, um, was it right after, I'm trying to think, was it on a break? Ugh, so frustrating, but I ran it with my catcher. It was my sophomore year. It had to have been on a break or right after. I cannot remember, but it was the BK pitching and catching softball camp. And my catcher and I ran it and I literally just came across a picture and I could see my first client in there and then I saw other clients in there and I'm like, that was the first, I, I ran my first softball camp when I was 19 years old. That is crazy. I. And now I've had many camps. So that's where I'm at. I got three kiddos. Yes, I'm still dealing with bad days. Yes, I'm still dealing with bouts of, if you want to call it depression, I think it is. I think everybody at some moment gets depressed. It's just what happens. But I think it's the people that have the faith and they believe in God. They eventually get themselves out of the funk. And 
as I say that, I know my next moon is coming in like two weeks. It's just, it's really weird, that rhythm. But in those moments, I remember these moments and I choose to pull through for these moments, if that makes any sense. And as an empath, as somebody who has a motivating state of mind, as somebody who's constantly striving to do something better than what they're currently doing, depression is like right there waiting to attack you. Judgment is your worst enemy. It's one of the things that people like myself, we struggle with. We struggle with not only being judged, but we are quick to judge others and we have to literally call ourselves out on it and be our biggest advocate to see our best self every single time. We project really bad. We can project how we think somebody feels about us because we feel about that way about them. Oh, it's such a catchy, touchy subject, but it's true. So here I am living, taking blood thinners, getting ready to move into a next phase of my life not only with my husband, but with my kids. Like, we're going to have a kid in college in a year and a half. That's bananas. Our baby next year, she'll be in middle school. Like, that's crazy. It's just so many things are going on, and I'm so excited about life. And I can only hope that you find your excitement in your life, and you grab hold of it, and you choose to show up every day for that excitement, for that love for that life feeling that you get in these moments. Yes, I'm going to be on blood thinners till the day I pass. It's non-negotiable. I have to take them every night. And um, unfortunately, it is going to impact me as I get older with supplements, with other medication. I'm going to have to go back to getting my blood drawn once a week. First two years of my life with this, I was getting blood drawn every week. And... It sucked. For two years, I had to get drawn before they figured out a good level, a good therapeutic level for me. So I will have to go back to that because eventually I'm gonna have to take you know, medication because I'm getting older. My joints from bodybuilding, my joints are shot. <laughs> like It is what it is, you know? But I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm gonna cry, sorry. I'm excited because I'm still here. So if you've made it to this part and you've felt those feelings of despair, of wondering if you mean something to somebody, you do. You do. 100% you do. Just not everybody is good at showing that. I mean, come on. I guarantee you, my real dad, he still loves me. He loved me even when he was beating the tar out of me. But you know what? That was all he knew to do. And that's okay. It is what it is. He was just doing what he was taught to do. So in his own way, he loved me. He kept my sister and I in line. We were good kids. Man, when we screwed up, we only made one mistake. We didn't repeat it again. That was good of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> But guys, I, again, I thank you for listening to this story time and my story on softball, something I have done since I don't have a memory without it. I just don't. It's so weird. And I'm so grateful for it. I love having a mom who slid into home plate and she was seven months pregnant with my sister. I love those stories. 
So guys, if you're dealing with anything negative in your life right now, offer grace, offer grace in the situation. See through the lens of grace. How can you move past this without getting hung up? If you keep getting hung up, you're literally abusing yourself. You have to stop and let go and let God and just be okay. Yeah, I have to take medicine every day to stay alive. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I, you know, I can't take, um, oh, there's a certain sleeping. It's natural and I can't think of it. I can't, like, in my old age, I've struggled sleeping some days. And there's a natural supplement for sleeping that I can take, but I have to be super careful about taking it because it naturally thins your blood out. And I don't want my husband to wake up to a dead wife, you know? I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if I would just pass in my sleep or if I would bleed out in every orifice of my body and then my husband would wake up to a wife in blood. Super gory picture, but but that's the reality of what I have to live with, right? So push. Push yourself to get back up. Don't wait for somebody to come pick you up. Push yourself. And then when you have a pushing moment and you get back up, Share it. Share it with somebody else who you see is down. Push them to push themselves. It's not always about pulling people back up. It's about teaching them how to push themselves. You can't be there all the time to help people, right? But your story, your actions, your memories that you leave with people, those are the things that you leave with people all the time. So I challenge you guys in this final episode of my story, my story time, part four of four, I challenge you guys in closing to lean in on your bad days to figure out why. And sometimes we don't have to have a reason and that right there is a reason in itself. But to remember there's light there to be seen. So build your strength to push yourself, right? To get back up 100%. If you can only show up in your day 60%, this is huge. This is what I tell my athletes. If you can only give 60, then give me all of your 60. If you can only give 70, then give the world all of your 70. Give yourself all of your 70. And don't be mad at yourself for not being a hundred. I want to leave you with this verse. I want you to look it up. It's my favorite verse. I don't have a tattoo. And if I ever wanted to get a tattoo, it would probably be this. But I just, I did one time in my life. And my mom was like, if you get a softball in your hand, it's going to look like a raisin. Boom. That was it. <laughs> but look it up. It's short. It's sweet. It's straight to the point. Romans 12, 12. Thank you guys for listening to my story time. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Okay, guys, so real quick, this is the conclusion. I'm just teasing. No, really, it is. I I really hope by now you kind of like me, but then again, I really, it's not about liking me. I just, this is the big picture. I hope you guys took something out of listening to my story time, my softball story in four parts. I hope there was something you took. But here's 
even the cooler thing I'm asking. If in my story you heard something where you're like, you know what, I went through that, I would really love to reach out to her and suggest this. If you're maybe a psychologist and you hear something and you think, ah, if she could do this, this would help her so much, I'm gonna suggest this. So I wanna give the platforms of where you can reach me. Instagram, Coach Callie V. Facebook, Callie V Softball. Twitter, underscore Callie V underscore. YouTube, Callie V. Hashtags, Callie V Softball and hashtag coordinated coaching. So if you can connect with me there, become a follower, then that allows us to connect. I would love that. But also, I am on two huge podcast platforms. I'm on Apple Podcasts and I'm also on Spotify. That is like... Thank you. Like, I, I just feel so blessed to be there. And if you do listen to one of my episodes and you like it, please share it. Like, that tells me that you got something out of it. That's all I'm trying to do, right? Like, it's taken me this long to figure that out. It's taken me this long to be okay with me and the story that God has literally allowed me to live to become the person I am called to be. So share it with a friend, tag me in it, whatever social media platform you follow me on and you share the podcast, the episode, whatever spoke to you the most. I want to know that you did it because I don't know, I just do. So I can tell you thank you. So I can show my gratitude for you. As always, guys, I appreciate you and thank you so much for taking the time and listening to my story time, my softball story. God bless.